0: This episode of GNL Voice is sponsored by our friends at Skywire, innovators in the point of sale, spa, and mobile marketing space, providing you solutions for all of your hospitality needs. Learn more at skywire.com. Welcome to Gaming and Leisure Voice, the vocalized version of GNL's guidance to the gaming world. I'm Dan Garrow, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about leadership concepts as found in the or at the Leadership Pipeline Institute. Over the years, I've had many occasions to think about style, which I spoke about in my last podcast, and different techniques involved in leadership. One of the main ways I found and that I developed my leadership style was through observation of uh, leaders that I worked for and leaders that I could observe. Plus, uh, I consider myself a lifelong learner. And so I've done a lot of reading uh, of uh, leadership books, uh, self-help books, um, anything that could help me understand myself other people and leadership concepts now because I came up through the technology ranks um, I started out with obviously technical skills and uh, when I got out of college you know had a degree in computer science and immediately went into a back then it was a programming for mainframes type position and spent my whole day just coding programs. Um, but over the years, I, I always knew that at some point I wanted to get into leadership, and and that in itself is a, probably one of the key concepts that we we all need to understand and realize is that there are those people that want to be leaders, and then there are those who don't want to lead, but for some reason they feel like they they need to get into a leadership role because that's the way they can make more money. That's the more the way they can they can gain. Um, uh, yeah, You know, more more rewards, um, more recognition from their peers and from um, a, su- a sense of success in their career that they are advancing. But I've always stated that I believe we take many, many great technical people and we we really ruin them. By almost forcing them into um, a, a role in leadership because so often we take somebody who's really good at something technically and th- something that they know and can do very very well and we assume that they can then become a leader and teach others how to do those same sorts of things now to a certain extent obviously that's true but um, if you look at the Leadership Pipeline Institute, and you can just go on Google and you'll, it's very easy to find, um, you'll find that they come through with some some interesting concepts that, that I think are very applicable in today's world and, and why I've been such an advocate of the LPI. So... And I'm only going to summarize, of course. I, I'm only going to have thirty to forty minutes here, um, and you know they they have a, a, just a fantastic um, um, inventory of courses and topics that that people can take who really you know, and organizations should should look into that help organizations define leadership roles and help individuals through the maze of leadership training programs and leadership concepts but they've come up with some some fundamentals that i that i want to talk about today that i think are are key to to what they do and what they teach and will help um, any organization willing to listen first of all they have three core concepts um, in their leadership material and in their leadership concepts. First is work values. And by that, they mean, you know, what is the work that a leader does um, within the particular role that that leader is in? And we'll, we'll talk about roles in a, in a minute. Um, secondly is how does the leader apply his or her time and they refer to that as time application but it's fundamentally you know where do they spend their time and on what do they spend their time and third is skills what are the skills that are necessary for a leader at uh, the level that they're working at so before I get into each of those uh, in, in more specifics I'll just throw one more concept out there and that is that the LPI uh, has developed and promotes what they consider to be levels of leadership and now they may re- they refer to that as turns within the career path or the path that a leader follows. And at every turn, the turn occurs when somebody moves from one one job or one position and advances to the next. So let's let's start at the at the very beginning of one's career like I did. I started out as a programmer. I wasn't supervising anybody. I was only contributing to the organization, whether it be the department or the entire organization overall, the work that I did specifically. And so um at some point because i didn't supervise anybody else i didn't have to worry about what anybody else was doing i didn't have to try to motivate them or settle problems or assign work and those sorts of things the lpi refers to me at that level as an individual contributor and and fun but the the, the main key i guess is that the individual contributor does not supervise anybody um and as a side note uh, you know i asked the lpi at one point um Is there a course or do they offer training material for those people who do do not want to become leaders? And in fact, they do and they are. They're developing programs because they too recognize that not everyone is destined, nor does everyone want to become a leader. So let's start at at the very beginning then, leading yourself. And in terms of work values, um, that refers to things like um, getting results through your personal proficiency. So you want to develop your skill sets so that as, as you're working, you can become better and, per, and provide uh, better results faster and with more consistency than you have in the past. Uh, another trait of, of self-leadership or in terms of work values is the high quality technical or professional work so as i just said over time you want to become very proficient at what you're doing and you need to accept the company values um that is you know do, do they value you um showing up for work on time do they value you um spending time out in hall or at the water cooler ch- chatting with people or do they or not and you you need to adopt and accept the values that the company has established. Whether they're written or not, you've got to figure out what those values are and adhere to them. In terms of time application, um, there's the daily discipline uh, of of yourself. That is, you start to develop your ability to get up on time and get to work on time. You need to develop that that individual ability to stay focused throughout the workday and to get things done quicker and faster. Um, You set personal due dates for the various projects that you're assigned and you hold to those personal um, due dates or target dates. In terms of skill, the individual contributor obviously has to have, have technical skills and be proficient. in in performing those skills. They have to consider themselves as a team player. I'm working with others and things that I do affect or are needed by others. They start to develop, individual contributors need to start building relationships so that they can work with others, that they can share work you know, in college, we punish the students for copying somebody else's work, but in the business world, we want people to take advantage of work that's been done by others because we're trying to get things done faster and in a more consistent and professional way. And the, in terms of skills, you have to be able to use the company's uh, tool sets so, and, and follow their processes and procedures, follow the policies. So all of those things are inward bound. And as an individual contributor, um, you develop your work values, you apply your time properly, and you develop your skill sets so that um, you can become a, a more proficient contributor. Now, this, the, the first turn then according to the LPI is when somebody is then advanced or promoted into a supervisory role or a managerial role. And I'm not going to try to distinguish between supervisor versus manager um, although I think there is a bit of a distinction between management and leadership but I'm not going to get into those those kinds of details at this point. But at that first turn, you you're now you've now been promoted and you now have to supervise others in addition to doing your own your own work. So going back to the three core values of work value, time application and skills, from a work value standpoint, when you lead others, your your, um, value now comes from getting work or results through others rather than just your own work. So you you take value in the fact that your team is generating results. You have to take some value in the success of your direct reports and and uh, the unit as a whole. So that there is value there and you, you must assume that value because now your focus, it's not necessarily upon yourself, your focus is upon the team. You have to put value and look at value in terms of yourself as a manager and the things that a manager has to do. And as part of your values you should display visible integrity because now you have others that are watching you and looking to you for guidance and direction in terms of time application a first line supervisor or a leading someone who's leading others now has to start thinking about annual plans for the team or for the group and even for the individuals within that team they have to spend time on performance management how is everybody performing are are they uh, arriving on time are they working till the end of the day are they getting are they meeting their deadlines and so and as the and is the result of the team the individual and the team uh, have a quality that's consistent with what you're looking for in some some instances the leaders also have to start looking at recruitment and spending time on recruiting new team members. And lastly, they have to make time available to develop their direct reports. So whether that individual contributor wants to become a leader or not, you as a as a leader has, have to spend some time helping that individual develop either their individual skill sets. Uh, work values and time application or you have to help them, also it may have to help them develop their leadership skills so that they're ready you know, when the time uh, when a time makes itself uh, available um, or, or when an opening becomes available that you have a, a, you know a small inventory of potential candidates who could fill that leadership role So the skill sets for the person that's leading others uh, then becomes uh, planning, job design, selecting team members, delegating work, coaching and giving feedback, performance management, and reward and and motivation. Can't forget communications. That's a very important part of a leader that he's able to communicate clearly And through his communications or her communications, have the ability to establish the climate within the team, within the unit. So one of the key points here that I'm trying to make, and I hope people recognize, is that there is a significant difference. Once you become a leader of others, you have to do different things than you were doing before. Now, you may occasionally still need, in my case as a programmer, if I became leader of a team of programmers, I have to now do all these leadership things that I just discussed. But I may occasionally need to step in or step back to the role that I was in as a programmer and may need to help either develop some programs or help um, some of my team members resolve some problems that they're having or you know provide motivation for them or provide some training if I see if I see their performance isn't quite where it should be I gotta have to help train that person so I, I hope you can see that that there is literally a different set of activities that we have to do once we start once we get into the role of leading others and I, it's really unfortunate, I think, that as I've I've worked, and I think back about you know the various uh, work opportunities that I had, there is very little written, certainly not in this level of detail, in a job description for a a team leader that includes all of these things specifically. And performance of that team leader is very often only measured on one or two of these factors, and certainly not all of these. And so I think today we need to take a closer look at job descriptions and job responsibilities and put them in writing, put them into the job descriptions that center around leadership. Otherwise, how do we measure whether a leader is a good leader or not? It can't be based just on the rumor mill or people complaining or about that, that individual. It, there has to be some measurable means, and there are, um, for uh, de- making a determination as to how well uh, an individual is leading their team. Now um, let's move on then to the next turn. Oh and typically the LPI says that once once a person becomes a leader it's normal It and it takes them because they've never done some of these tasks before it's normal for that leader to take anywhere from a year and a half to two years to develop their skills to the point that they could be ready for the next management or leadership uh, promotion. So, let's take a look at that next one: leading leaders. So, once you've become a team leader and you're in the pipeline and you're developing yourself and y- your team, you you also need if you if you your desire is to continue to continue to climb up the uh, the leadership ladder, if you will, or to process through the leadership pipeline. It, it's normal for you then to start looking at, well, what are the things that, that my boss is doing and how can I get ready to do that, do those things? So I'm going to apply again the three core values or the core concepts against this position of leader of leaders. So now I'm promoted and I have a number of teams who are all supervised, uh, who are all supervising groups of people. And so... Um, Now I've got maybe four or five or six um, supervisors who are reporting to me. I am a leader of leaders. So your work values then become um, making sure that things get done when they're supposed to be done. So it's uh, there's a little more time focus there, but it, because now you're you're trying to influence other leaders to influence their people to getting things done, you're you're more time focused now as a leader of leaders. So you have to uh, you have to develop leader, leadership differentiation. There is some ambiguity in there because. It's difficult for you to figure out the new things that you're trying to do and, and separate uh, some things that may cross teams. And you have to continue, thus you have to continue to build relationships. So those are the new work values that you have. And your, your relationships and your relationship building has to now become 360. You have to build relationships upwards sidewards with your peers and build those relationships um, down you, down below you. And I shouldn't use it, say that term, um, but the relationship with the supervisors that you're supervising. In terms of time application, you're now looking longer term, and you, you can't look uh, at the day day to day stuff as much because you've delegated that downwards. You're now looking more much more forward and you're looking at resource allocations. I can see work coming at us. I know what the work schedule compl- completion schedule is, and I know when teams are gonna become available resources will become available. And I've got to be able to coordinate all of that and, and influence the timing of projects uh, such that I can have resources available when they're needed. And another um, time application is providing input upwards. Now, let me also say that as you progress upward through the, the leadership pipeline, the skills that you learned and developed and the work values that you had um, as uh, as you came up through the pipeline need to, need to stay there. Now, granted, you're not spending as much time on some of those individual things now that you're a leader of leaders, but you, all of these things become cumulative. And there's always that possibility where you may need to go back a little bit and provide some of the function and some of the work um, that you used to do. But the majority of your time as a leader of leader has to change so that you're now doing these different things. The other benefit that that has is that you are not uh, micromanaging and you're not developing back or, or spending all your time doing things you used to do and not letting your team members develop. In terms of skill sets, um, you have to manage boundaries within projects and within the organization. You may have to design your organization a little differently. see, so you didn't do organizational design when you were a leader of others. But now that you're a leader of leaders, you may need to develop a different type of organizational structure. You have to select leaders. Uh, You have to become very, very value-based and understand what are the values you're looking for and the organization has established so that you can help uh, meet those needs. You have to be able to coach leaders and and, and help those that you're supervising become better leaders through a coaching program. Um, You have to assist in performance management of those leaders. You have to develop your relationships and, again, communication. I think you see some of these skills obviously span every turn or every leadership role. And certainly communication is one of those big areas. Now, um, if I don't want to go too far into the next level. Uh, Typically, in a casino environment, by the time you get to the fourth level, and by the way, the LPI has six levels or six turns, I think in a in a normal single property casino, there's probably, I, I would say there's only four. So some of you can make that judgment yourself. but So that fourth role is the general manager or the CEO. And again, those kinds of activities uh, would, would need to change as once you become CEO because now you're, you're very, very much more forward-looking. You're, you've got the entire organization. You typically looking in two to three years ahead. You're still doing all of these other things in terms of finding new leaders and coaching those that, that may want to become CEO or GM. You still you need to develop relationships, but your relationships as a ceo are now probably external to the organization uh, as much as they are internal uh, within the organization so i have a a pretty good example um i was consulting with a company with a casino and and i was working with the vice president of i.t and when i went in there it became very, very obvious. Well, first of all, when they hired me, I was told that the vice president of IT, you know, needed some help, and uh, the organization as a whole wasn't wasn't overly pleased with the performance of, of that individual. And uh, so I was uh, come in and do an assessment of the organization. They were getting ready uh, to do a major major effort, and they wanted to make sure that you know all things were ready um, uh, for the the opening of of the function that they were they were about to open so i had this opportunity to sit and talk with this individual um, and it didn't take me long to to realize uh, number one he he seemed angry Um, and and over time i i think it 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 really came uh, clear to me that he was disgruntled and he was Uh, Probably equally as disgruntled with himself as he was with the organization as a whole. So he had a communication problem with his peers. Now here he's a vice president. He had a communication uh, problem with his peers. Um, He would make comments to me, I'm an outside consultant, about the others, about his peers and about the organization, that they were doing the wrong things, they were headed in the wrong direction. And he would unilaterally make decisions about no about technology that was going to be implemented when asked about certain security things or s- certain methods of doing things he would just flat out say no we're not doing that you know he didn't he didn't sit down and take take the time to sit with his peers or with the organization to explain his thought process or to explain why this was a good or wasn't a good idea he one Finally, at one point, became comfortable enough in talking with me. Um, uh, let me say also, first of all, that I, I don't believe he knew I was coming in to, to assist him. I showed up uh, the first day, and I think it was a surprise to him that I was there. So that tells you a little bit about the organization as well. Um, so he quite didn't know what to do with me. He'd been told I was there. He knew I had an IT background. I'd, you know, been CIO at a number of places, and he really struggled on a day-to-day basis of what to do with me. And um, initially, attempted to start giving me some minor little things to do here and there. Um, so I, you know, I had to sit with him and t- and just explain, you know, what my task had been, what my assignment was, and that I really needed to do an assessment of the entire organization and help management. Um, come to a comfort level that where they were within the the work effort to to provide this new business function was in fact uh, timely and that was they were going to make their deadlines and so um, it, we, st- we started out a little bit on a, on a rocky road because he didn't know I was coming in he was disgruntled to begin with and now here's this uh, you know the company surprised him with this oh we got this uh, this outside guy coming in he's going to try to tell me what to do now technically this guy was apparently superb and over the years in the technology field i found that many great great technical people really have difficult social skills and Perhaps that's because, you know, when I I used to say it's easy to deal with an inanimate object like a computer because the computer won't talk back at you. And because it is complicated, there's a certain amount of self-satisfaction when you can say that I understand every little nuance, every little detail about this computer system or about this computer or this network. And I know how to make this thing hum. It's like a mechanic working on your car. He understands the mechanics. He understands all the pieces and parts and how they work together. And he knows if he makes this adjustment, the car will do that. And if he makes another adjustment, the car will do something different. And it's the same thing with computer computer technical folks. And probably, you know, it spills over in, into engineering or any, any part of the job where where there's a lot of complexity and a lot of detail and somebody can sit down and just understand that forwards and backwards but they often have a hard time communicating all of that to somebody else in a meaningful way and so this this individual had that particular problem and he he reached the point where he said you know what I really—they uh, made me vice president here uh, of this uh, of this department, this IT department. He said, "But I would really, really rather just lead a team of of network technicians. I'm I'm really more of a network management type guy, and that's where I would be happiest. And yet here he was as a leader of leaders." He came right out and told me, he says, I really don't like this job. I don't like what I have to do here as a vice president. I don't like dealing with these other vice presidents. And even at one point while I was there, he moved his office from what I'll call executive role back down into the IT department. So he didn't have to come in on a day to day basis and interact with his peers. So it was it was relatively easy for me, then, to say that, you know, and it confirmed my my philosophy over the years that there are some people who are great technicians who make terrible leaders. And sometimes in, in order to, to again, uh, gain that, that notoriety or that recognition or to gain that salary, they feel like they have to take on these leadership roles in order to get those, those things. Um, one one kicker um, that and one thing that he did that really really struck home to me is I came into work one day and he had called in. In other words, he wasn't coming into work that day, and so I needed him and I, t- I called him and I and I said I, you know are, are you sick or you you know what what's what's happening and we we talked about the issue that I had to talk to him about and he said well. We've got, we've got this program that needs to be done, and, and I can't work on it at work because I keep getting interrupted. And I, so I stayed home today to work on this program. And I said, you're, you're writing a program? He said, yeah. He said, I, I don't have anybody else in the office that can do that. And I was just, just totally taken aback that a, a vice president within an IT organization would go back and micromanage what was going on within the organization to that point where he was still writing code and so from my example of individual contributor to leading others to leader of leaders which is what he was he'd stepped back two levels and was doing individual contributor work so i i took that as a great example of what not to do and as leaders um, you know, we need, we need to recognize when we're doing that and we need to stop that. So there's, there's a lot of, you, and you have to figure out, well, why am I feeling like I need to do that? And as a, if you're going to be an effective leader, if you see a deficiency in your team, you've got to take the steps to correct that deficiency as opposed to going back and doing it for them. It's no different than mom and dad saying, "Just here, just give me that. I'll do it for you." When you know the child is trying to learn how to do something. Now, you know, granted, you know, in my last podcast, I said management is situational, and and I agree. And so, you know, in my my little example there of stepping in and taking over, you know, if if mom and dad are trying to get out of the house someplace, and and the and Junior can't tie his shoes yet or he's learning how to tie shoes, but you need to get going, sometimes you know you got to step in and do something in order to, to meet a deadline or to meet a, a time constraint. But for the most part, you know those should be symptoms and they should be recognized by leaders that these things aren't going well and these aren't the kinds of things we sh- that I should be doing if I'm a leader of leaders. Now I'm going to, to move on to very quickly um, run through six things that we can lose to, use to measure performance in, in a leadership environment, uh, in a leader. And I'll, I'm going to just hit on these topics um lightly and perhaps in a future podcast i'll get into this in more detail Um, but just wanted to put this out there now for your consideration the first is uh, in terms of measuring leaders and this should be done for all levels of leaders so whether you're the gm or you're a vice president leader of leaders or if you're a a shift supervisor or a team leader or you're an individual contributor um, you know you got to look at perhaps these six areas of performance the first is operating results. Obviously, you know if we're not if we're not operating our our group properly and getting results from that group, then we're not doing our job. Secondly, is uh, customer results. Now even the individual contributor has a customer somebody's expecting something from him or her and that individual has to be able to manage and work with and de- develop results for that for that customer and how is that customer being managed how is that customer being nurtured are we developing new customers um, and you know those sorts of measurement criteria then leadership results. You know, are you doing the activities? Are you, are, do you have the work values? Are you spending your time properly? And do you have the skill sets of leadership? And, uh, you know, again, that that topic right there alone could be a, and maybe a whole podcast in the future. Fourth, our management results. Are you managing the day-to-day details that everybody has to manage in order to, uh, you know, get work done within the organization? Fifth are relationships. The example that I just gave you about, about this uh, uh, vice president of IT that I worked with was not managing his relationships. He was offending people. He's putting people off. Um, he, other other VPs are coming to me while I was consulting there and complaining about uh, the poor performance of of this individual and you know, he he just did not manage the relationships either upwards laterally or downwards In a 360 notion that he should have been Um, Sixth is um, social responsibilities Um, Are you are you participating in the community? Are you helping the the organization develop its community? uh, appearance and contribution, and uh, that is important for uh, leadership. And finally, uh, individual technical competence. There are still technical things that you have to do at each leadership level that need to be developed, maintained, and improved as you work through your leadership um, position. So I hope that, if nothing else, this podcast is is. Just piqued your curiosity enough that you'll go to the internet, look up Leadership Pipeline Institute, and look at the material that's there that will provide, I believe, a consistency and an improvement in your organization's leadership capabilities. Thank you for listening to me. Please like and subscribe to us and visit mygamingandleisure.com for new content. I'm Dan Garrow, and thanks for listening to Gaming Leisure Voice today. I hope you enjoyed it.